welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host Justin Baker joining me on the cusp of the 2023 Stanley Cup Final between the Vegas Golden Knights and none other than the Florida Panthers. Uh, I know that was your pick for the Stanley Cup last, uh, you know, at the beginning of the year. Uh, wait, did you have Vegas, Justin? I, ha- I had Vegas okay. and the Rangers going to the Stanley Cup Finals. Okay, so. okay. Yeah, you, you missed out big on the Rangers, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'd say a little bit, a little Who bit. Who did I have? <laughs> I feel like I might probably pick the Leafs just because that's what I do. Uh, if they've got a shot. I feel like if I pick against the Leafs, then like it will never happen, although I should probably pick against the Leafs because then it will happen. Because get this. I realized once we once I was going back through my picks, somebody asked me a, a a friend of mine who's actually like a lifelong Florida Panthers fan. This he's older than me. He lived in Florida when the Panthers got the expansion team, and he's been a big Florida Panthers fan ever since. Like he he's over here talking to me about the uh, all the old school '96 Florida Panthers and John Van Beesbrook and all this and. Uh, and he, he asked me, like, who do you think is going to win? I was like, well, I mean, I have literally picked against the Vegas Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers in all three rounds and have lost. So I, I feel like I've gotten all the rest of them right. <laughs> Just those <laughs> ones. Uh, and you've picked them pretty much every time other than the Panthers against the Leafs. So my feeling is whoever I pick will definitely lose. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I like where this is going. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to do. Like, the only real way for I mean I know who you're 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 going to pick the Vegas Golden Knights to win that and, and we're going to preview the whole series. Uh, we'll give you our actual picks. I'm just I mean Justin had the Vegas Golden Knights going to the finals from the very beginning. I'm just assuming you're going to pick them to win the Stanley Cup because uh, of that. Uh, maybe doesn't mean it, that. Yeah, it doesn't mean that. Uh, but I I do you know I feel like if I if I pick Florida like last year with Tampa, I picked against Tampa in all th- the first three rounds and then finally I went fine. I'll, I'll, I'll pick you because. Apparently, you can't lose. And then the one time I picked them, they lost. So uh, maybe I'm cursed in my picks. Uh, yeah, so we'll we'll preview the Stanley Cup final in a little bit. Uh, we've got tons of news. We've got Dubas in Pittsburgh, Bradtree living in Toronto, Andrew Brunette in Nashville. Uh, are there any others that have been confirmed up to this point? I don't think so. I think those, no. are, those are our three big hires. And then... Uh, you know, we'll also talk. Obviously, the Dallas Stars fall in six games to the Vegas Golden Knights, and then uh, the Florida Panthers managed to sweep out the Carolina Hurricanes. So we'll talk Dallas Stars, Carolina Hurricanes, do a little moratorium on those two teams, and uh, figure out where they go next. Um, why don't we start off with the with the big hirings first, uh, and then we'll move on to our our Stars and Hurricane stuff. So. Uh, let's let's get your thoughts first off on Dubas to Pittsburgh. Uh, Kyle Dubas is the new president of hockey ops of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and uh, as as somebody who has no attachments, let's get your thoughts first. Yeah. Um, well, first off, I'm just I'm confused because you know, judging by his his what, exit interview, his you know. <sighs> discussions with the media, his letter, all that crap, right? You would have assumed like, okay, this guy's probably going to take a year off. He's going to reevaluate, discuss with the family, figure things out next season, and then go from there, right? And, and at no point did we, you know, I mean, did it sound like, you know, Dubas was on Pittsburgh's radar until about a week ago, and then things just started to heat up out of nowhere. And I'm just like, um, excuse me? 
So I, I, from that standpoint, just a little confused. But, I mean, overall, I think it's a good hiring. I mean, Dubas, to me, he's a quality uh, – I mean, he, he's a good guy to have in management, regardless where what level you put him in. I think he's a smart guy. Uh, you know, I had to look at it back up again because I forgot he's only 37 years old and, and found out that he was actually the youngest ever certified scout by the NHLPA in history, which was, was crazy. Um, How old was he I mean, when he was I, I didn't actually look that oh, okay. part up. But I imagine, I mean, it was, I know he got into sports management and scouting right after uh, he graduated with his degree in sports management from college. So um, I imagine he probably was pretty young, 22, 23 years old, maybe in that range. So, I mean, all that aside, you know, I mean, I forgot too, he used to be a player agent for, um, used to be the agent for Kyle Clifford. I don't know if you remember that name um, from the LA Kings, but, but anyways, so, I mean, he, he has a long history of, being in the NHL, it's not like he came out of nowhere and just ascended to this GM position at in Toronto. I mean, he's a strong analytics guy. He, you know, uses those advanced stats very, very well. Um, I think he's a smart guy. I think he's going to do well. Um, but now he gets the opportunity to write. He doesn't have to answer to anybody else. He doesn't have to, you know, go by whatever Shanahan wants, right? It's, yeah, I mean, he's got Shanahan's team. position, basically. It's, you know, right, exactly. Literally the same position, like... He's he. Uh, I mean, he is the the president. He'll report directly um, to the ownership, and yeah, good on him. I mean, hey, you found something that was what you wanted really in Toronto, and Shanahan wasn't going to give it up. Right, and I, I think now it'll be interesting to see because to me, Pittsburgh's a very very interesting team. They're they're not like Toronto, where Toronto's got a good nucleus of young players. And now you have to just worry about keeping them and, you know, getting them signed and all that. Toronto, we'll say Toronto's them. window just kind of opened recently, whereas Pittsburgh's right. has been. Uh, Pittsburgh is like that door that you just keep on trying to click shut, but it like it won't <laughs> click unless you like really pick the door up and kind of like find where the hole is. And people are still trying to find where the hole is for the Penguins, but hey, maybe that door just kind of pops open one more time. And I, that seems to be what Dubas is betting on, that Pittsburgh's yeah. got one more run left in them. And, I mean, it, 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 the prospect of it is kind of cool. You know, you get the beginning of it. You just have to figure out how do I surround guys, how do I surround Crosby, Malkin, and Latang with good enough players to go on a run. And then the other side of it is – at some point during, I'm assuming he signed a five-year deal. That's pretty typical on something like this. A five-year deal. I'm ass- like, you got to think that during that five years, he's going to deal with Crosby's going to go bye-bye. Malkin, Latang, like these guys are going to probably retire during his contract, and then he's going to have to rebuild the Pittsburgh Penguins. And maybe that's what was appealing to him was, hey, you get you get all. It's going to be interesting now and pretty fascinating later too. Yeah, so I, I imagine it's you know his tenure in Pittsburgh is probably going to be much longer than five years because I imagine first off he's going to bring in a GM that's going to align with his ideals, what he wants to do as far as you know retooling and getting this team back to where he thinks they can be in the playoffs and being a contender, right? Um, so then the other interesting part of that is you know what happens when, like you mentioned, when Crosby and those guys do finally uh, you know start to exit and you have to go through that retool, right? Um, so I'm excited to see what what happens in Pittsburgh. I think this will be a much better hire than than their previous GM and, and management group there with Ron Hextall and and the group. So, um, yeah, I mean it's it's exciting. I I I always like Kyle Dubas. I, I think he's a quality management guy. So um, sorry to see him go in, in Toronto, but it, it'll make the next few months I think very very interesting for Toronto fans 
and um, the team as a whole, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, yes. That did the did the whole. Uh, what was the exact quote? Um, basically, like, uh, I'm I'm not. You won't see me pop up next week or anything. I can't put my family through that after this year. And then right. he literally popped up the next week somewhere. <laughs> like, I I get it. Like, you can always, you know, what did he say? He said today. He said maybe I was too too honest that day, how I was feeling in the exact moment. But it's in the past. You know, I had a I had a message from Sam Kennedy, COO of Fenway Sports, told me they had permission from Toronto and he felt like he needed to take a breath. But basically his wife said, hey, you should go meet with them. And if they're good people and they have a long term view of the organization, it's going to be a good fit. And and it was I I understand it, it does come across as like kind of kind of sleazy a little bit in some like you could see it that way uh, where, you know, it seems like all this was just theater to try and get a better job and to to like find a reason to say no to Toronto. Um, well, here's my I guess. Here's think, my guess. Well, he, hold on. So okay. so first off, I I just personally think that he wasn't expecting this kind of opportunity to open right away, right? So maybe I disagree. that's why he, I disagree. Oh, you disagree. Okay. Look, well, this, let's, this, let's this job has been open. We, we've known this job's been open, right? Right. No, absolutely. So, but I don't think he considered himself... Uh, a legitimate candidate for this position, right? I disagree. He's only been a G- okay. Because as soon as this happened, it was like, oh, he, he'd be a great fit in Pittsburgh. And and even before it happened, people were like, oh, you know, Dubas to Pittsburgh. There's There's been some rumblings. If he doesn't sign in Toronto, he could go to Pittsburgh. And I'm like, how, how do people know that? Well, here's how. I mean... All you ha- all someone has to do is call up one person, talk to another person, and say, "Hey, they're interested in Kyle if he doesn't re up in Toronto," and that message gets to him, and they and his agent goes, "Hey, ju- I just want to let you know, I think if this didn't work out in Toronto, I think they're they're interested in you for their president of hockey ops," and he goes, "Wow, that would be really cool." I mean, obviously, no guarantee. You haven't even talked to them, so you don't know. Uh, but then he goes, "Well, shoot, if I can get that job, then." I need to ask for more money here. Like I need to ask for more power here. I could get it. And he overplayed his hand maybe in Toronto or he just did what he needed to do to, to kind of make it not happen. Um, He probably, my guess is that he knew when he went and asked for more autonomy, he knew that it was going to be no (laughs) Shan. Like it's which Shanahan did come out today in the presser and kind of clarify all that. And he said, I mean, it's always been, the general manager's final decision. He's like, I've always given the general manager final decision on hockey decisions on player personnel decisions. And I mean, all I can do is take his word for that. I don't, you know, I don't know what else happened, but it it seems like, you know, he probably did have autonomy in terms of the players, but maybe not all the hirings that he wanted to do, you know, whatever it is. Uh, So I think, I think that he knew about this job hundred percent. I think he knew about this job. Okay, but and, yeah, that, so. and that's my own. That's just my own take on it. From looking at it from an outside, like all the all the things, all the smoke, all the fire that that was there, and then what actually ended up happening. And like, there's no way he didn't know that they were interested in him for this job before he turned out, or you know, before Toronto canned him. But I don't. I don't think that. I don't think this is the worst thing for all involved. Oh no, no! I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be great for both sides, right? I think uh, you know. Again, uh, Toronto needs. At least he left and got a promotion, 
right? Like right. you don't want to <laughs> see somebody just like go be a GM somewhere else. Like that's kind of, at least he left and it was like, okay, well, yeah, I, I, I can see what you're saying where like he didn't know this would be the opportunity. Maybe he thought he could be the GM in Pittsburgh, but here he is now president of hockey ops. Like you can't blame him for taking it. And I don't, I don't really care how he got there. Like he's not my friend. I don't know. I don't know him. It doesn't matter to me Um, whether it was intentionally sleazy or if it was just a, an emotional statement. And then he, he just wanted to take it back kind of thing. Um, talking about how he said he wouldn't just pop up somewhere. Uh, I mean, Hey, I think he's going to go into Toronto as a in in the Penguins box somewhere, and he's going to get booed, and it's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, but it's I don't be like. Fun. I don't think Leafs fans hate him or anything. Like, I don't think there's any. I, I think that he did a really nice job. You know, first time general manager. He's probably one of the better first time GMs, especially at such a young age. You knew that he needed to grow into the position, and he did. I mean, obviously, he had aspirations for something more than a general manager, which. On the flip side, someone like Brad Tree Living, maybe that's not like that's not the case for him. You know, he's he's coming in to be the general manager and he's got lots of work to do. Yeah, lots of work, right? So I don't I mean, when I look at uh, you know, Dubis's role in Toronto, I think it was it's all it's all positives for me. I don't really think he did Except a Except for the job fact that, you know, he, he couldn't figure out how to get his team out of the first round but once. Well, I and mean, probably I don't really one put of the, that on him. Probably one, like out of all the series that they won, I actually think it was maybe the least likely series that they won other than the Washington series. The series against Washington in 2017, they weren't going to win that series. But uh, but all the other series, I think they actually had a better chance of winning those series from a statistical standpoint, a possession standpoint, and, and how far they pushed. And they just... They fell short in those ones. And this one, I feel like they got outplayed in quite a few games and had some miracle comebacks and basically everything went their way, but uh, it, it well, didn't even seem it like it was the, their best run. Yeah, but for me, you know what? Players got to perform, right? And he put, I think he did a good job every year putting good enough personnel to give them a chance to get out of the first round, right? Which I is mean, all you got to I ask, mean, right? let's, there, there has been some, uh, some mistakes, though, made... Uh, I mean, he's given up some some serious draft picks for eh, lesser lesser players that you wouldn't, you know. I would say that he shouldn't have. Uh, gosh, why am I even Nick uh, Nick Foligno? There we go. Oh, Nick Foligno, well, he eh. gave up a first round pick for him, and I like. There's just some things where you were like, he really gave up a lot, and you look at what other teams give up for Taylor Hall that same year, and it was like a second round pick. <laughs> Well, yeah, okay. So, yeah, there's there's that. I mean, but every GM's going to make those little, I mean, dumb moves, let's be honest. I mean, even legends like Ken Holland, right? I mean, they made some some very stupid moves for, you know, Robert Lang or signing Justin Advocator in those long deals. But, but we won't talk about that. So um, all that aside, though, I think, you know, the big thing for me was Kyle Dubas came in, got these guys signed to long-term deals, some of these, you know, Austin Matthews, and expected the, the cap to go up and figured they could manage, right? Yeah, but, but he signed him to happen. a five-year deal, and now it's coming back to bite him. Yeah, and it, and it only That was a mistake. That's probably the, the worst contract up, in the right? NHL. But he, but he uh, took him right to you. He took him right to free agency. Connor McDavid signed an eight-year deal for $12.5 million, and you couldn't get Austin Matthews to sign for – for two or three more years on top of five years. Matthews Matthews and Marner both signed a five and a six year deal. He couldn't get these guys to sign for term and yet 
Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, they all signed for term. Better players. So I, I, I think that he... Now, that was early on. I'll give you that. I think that he would look back and say, that was a mistake. I should have, I should have pushed. He pushed so hard on Nylander to get Nylander. Remember, there was like the holdout, oh, yeah. and then Nylander finally said... And he just pushed so hard on Nylander, got him for less than seven, and and then he just like opened the floodgates for the other guys, and it just and those are those growing pains, right? As a young GM, right? He's, I mean, hopefully he's learned his lesson a little bit, and uh, well, hopefully not. Hopefully he screws over Pittsburgh. <laughs> Pittsburgh. Well, terrible. he doesn't have the stars to, you know, <laughs> I mean, worry about with that kind of the young the young guns, but uh, we'll we'll see what happens there, but. Uh, Mr. Bradtree Living, though, I, I want to get your thoughts on him before I start opening my big mouth. And you know, let's 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 hear you first because you're the Toronto fan. I want to yeah, hear how you feel about him coming in here. Um, I I would say that it's the like the safest possible pick for GM. Um, uh, my I guess my one hesitancy is you're bringing in you're bringing in one guy like one guy's leaving who won one playoff round in five years as GM and. The other guy that's coming in has never been beyond the second round, albeit he he won a few times in the se- in the first round. But um, and also his team missed the playoffs a few time a few more times. So, uh, I mean, a different situation, different players, different city. Like less players want to go to Calgary than they do to Toronto. So there, there's some of that. But uh, I wouldn't necessarily say like, he definitely has experience. I wouldn't say that he's he's shown that he can go out and build a Stanley cup winner. Uh, but his experience and the, the, I think just like his, his patience and his ability to work with other people. Um, I liked what he said in the press conference, basically like, uh, this is not a job where you, you get to manage from your office. This is something where like you have to be on the ground. You're with these people every day. You're, you're getting to know people and you want to know how they're wired and how to push people. And like, uh, he just seemed like he was somebody who was willing to get his hands dirty, and I, and I'm cool with that. I'm I'm good with that. Um, I I think it's interesting because if Dubas had stayed, there's there's no way that Dubas could have resigned, and either Sheldon Keefe stays or all four of the core four stay. There's no way you could have just run it back again with Kyle Dubas. However, now with Brad Tree Living. He can bring them all back and bring back Sheldon Keefe because he can say, uh, you know, he's not going to publicly say this, but he can, he's, he could be thinking, well, there's really no other better option than Sheldon Keefe. It's not as if Sheldon Keefe's a bad coach. He's a good coach. I mean, look at the Leafs record, 115 points, 111 points uh, in the last two years. That's phenomenal, phenomenal regular season. And they went up against the Tampa Bay lightning twice. They beat them once in the last two years. So, I mean, there's there's some definitely some positives. I think Keith could still grow, and I actually think that this could be a really good thing for Keith if True Living keeps him, because he's finally out of the shadow of his best buddy Kyle Dubas. And sometimes you need to be exposed a little bit to grow. You know, sometimes you get brought in by your friend, you're protected by your friend, he supports you, and then your friend moves on to greener pastures, and you have to you have to still do your job. Uh, and, and maybe that's a growing experience where like you maybe don't have the same type of relationship where Kyle's coming down and talking to you and, and having you make some changes on the fly based on what he sees. And maybe Brad is a little more like, I'm going to let you coach, uh, which 
Which he would be used to with Daryl Sutter because I don't think there's any way Brad Tree Living told Daryl Sutter how to coach. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that. I think that it could be it could be a moment of growth opportunity for Sheldon Keefe. I think he's a good coach. I do not think there's really a better coach out there. Uh, but I think that the Leafs get fortunate. Like now they can bring back the core four. They can bring back Keefe and they can always go, you know, hey, if things are, are looking weird, which I doubt they will in the regular season, um, then they, you know, they can fire Keefe midseason or they just wait until the end of the year and then go, yeah, actually, we're, we're going to let him go. We've had a full, I've had a full year to get to know him. And I think that it's just best these guys need a new voice. And it, you know, I, I think you can go both ways, though. If he came out and said, I need to hire somebody different, I think that based on talking to all the players, I think we're to the point where there's there's not much else they can learn from them or something. You know, I, I could see that too. But I do I think that Sheldon Keefe has, has turned a lot of these guys into really good defensive players. I mean, the Leafs were one of the best defensive teams in the NHL. And that's not something that, that I think you would have said about the Leafs a few years ago, that their forwards played a good two-way game. So he's got these guys checking. He's got them doing what they need to do. They're very responsible, and he's a good. He, I think he he has proven that he's a good coach. He just needs to win in the playoffs and be able to go head to head against some of these really good coaches in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because I'm I'm interested. Like, I mean, I I haven't read anything or heard anything from Bad True Living yet, but what his vision for this team is, right? I know he's never going to come out and give us the full. Uh, scope of what he wants for this team long term, I guess, right? Well, yeah, and I don't um, think and, you're in the press conference today. I mean, you know, he basically, we'll, we'll just all sum it up this way. He said, "I'm going to spend some time with these people. That that's what that's his priority. Spend some time getting to know Austin Matthews and these other players and and his other staff and figure out who you know where we go from here and and glean off of those guys. So essentially, he came out and said, you know, nothing's off the table, but I haven't really had a chance to talk to many people, so I'm not going to try and come out here and tell you what's going to happen. Yeah, and and to me, that's I mean, that's kind of like it's a, expected. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, like it's what expected, you, it, right? He's he I mean, literally he, landed like a two days ago in Toronto <laughs> with his. Yeah, family, I mean, so. he he has to say that because you know right, you have right. to. I mean, you have to create that rapport with a guy like Austin Matthews because you want to get him signed, right? Yep. Because if you don't get him signed, right, guys like Marner are going to split. Um, you know, I, I, I could just, I don't see think Marner's going to imp- split. Well, I mean, I, I think Marner's, I, I probably agree with you on that one. I, I think he would, but there is that possibility, right? Well now shit, we got to go through rebuild or a retool or whatever. And do I want to stay here? Right. So there'll be those lingering questions or possibilities, right? Where you're like, ah, maybe it could happen now. Yeah. Matthew's um, no move clause kicks in on July 1st. So yep. basically you've got the draft to trade him if you need to, if he, <laughs> right. But, so I, I mean, to me, I think that you need to have a, you, you should have a contract extension with Austin Matthews ready to go for July 1st. Like, otherwise trade him at the draft. Honestly, like, that's where I'd be at. I'd say we got to we gotta deal him at the draft and, you know, that's just yeah, how I think, it's going to be. Yeah, I think if negotiations are looking pretty positive, you know, you don't necessarily have to have a contract in place. But if they look like, okay, we're going to get this wrapped up pretty soon, it's, it's feeling pretty good. Like, great, good. But if, like, yeah, if your things are stalling, if really you're just too far apart, yeah, you got to make, you got to deal them, right? But, I don't know. Uh, I think he felt that way about Johnny Goudreau. And look how it turned out. I don't think that he's going to, I don't think that he's going to trust that another American born player is going to stick around in a Canadian city 
because if they lose Austin Matthews for nothing, that's like that's the end. <laughs> Well, yeah. of everyone, Shanahan's gone. I mean, yeah. Everyone should be fired. You know. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, he'll probably never get another job again after that. But uh, you got, right. at least not as a GM, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, which I yeah. think he will sign. Uh, I because of that eighth that eighth year. You know, assume, well, maybe he wants a maybe he just wants another five year deal. I don't know. But no, I I think I mean personally, I think what's going to happen is uh, you know you're going to see um, uh, Austin Matthews sign a sign a shorter term deal because he wants to cash in again. You know, maybe when he's 30 years old, so he can cash yeah. him one last time on an eight-year deal and and really get max value. So, um, at least if his agent's smart, that's what he's going to tell him to do. Yeah. Um, but for, I mean, for me though, I mean, true living is is a safe bet. Like you said, I, I completely agree with you. Uh, in, in retrospect, compared to what's out there as far as available GMs, I mean, I didn't want Mark Bergevin coming in here and it, like right. that would have been a disaster. <laughs> Yeah, but I'll, I mean, I'll be interested over the long term to see where what direction he takes his team and as in like, is he going to make any moves like deal one of the core four, right? I mean, that's been speculated over this offseason, like, okay, are one of these guys going to go? Uh, now that there's a new GM in place, right? Is he going to bring in his guy to coach, right? All those things. So we'll see if maybe he brings gonna in, bring in people Sutter that are to coach. <laughs> Austin Matthews not, is out of here. <laughs> yeah, so fast. Uh, that's, that's another reason why I, I wonder if Sheldon Keefe stays. Because it could be right if all the players go. The no, he's why. amazing. He's not the reason we lost. Then you know you almost have to keep him so that uh, keep him and give him a two year extension. If if the two year extension gets Matthews signed, you can fire him after this year. I don't care <laughs> if Matthews right. is signed to a long term deal. But that's the thing, though. That's that's why I think he came out and said, like, I'm going to spend some time with these these right. players, these right. coaches, because, again, you want to see how the players feel about the yep. coaching staff, right, yep. before you go out and make a change and then get a rebellion on your hand. Yep, absolutely. Um, it, it also is – it's kind of fun. He's got DJ Brody and Mark Giordano there, two guys that he uh, brought into Calgary, or at uh-huh. least was, you know, in Calgary with – became a, Giordano became a captain when he was a GM there. So uh, pretty interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess just to wrap up the, the, the Leafs hire, I, I think that he's got tons of work to do, uh, and it's going to be pretty quick because you gotta be, you have to at least have like, if Austin Matthews says, I'm going to sign, like, we'll figure out the number. I'm going to sign. Don't worry. I'm not going to screw you. Like all. And, and if for something doesn't work, I'll accept a trade at the deadline. Like if he were to come out and say that, okay, that that would be fine. But I don't know that he's going to come out and say that. I, I don't know. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you, and on the flip side, you you got William Nylander who's due an extension too, and uh, I don't know that you can afford to extend him with the other contracts you have because I think Nylander is going to be, you know, he's at six point nine whatever right now, and he's coming off a back to back eighty point seasons. 40 goals, 34 goals the year before he had a, he's had, he's more than a point per game player in the playoffs over the last four years, or he's right at a point per game. And I, I think that, you know, he's definitely going to be due a little bit of a raise, probably an eight to $9 million deal is what you're looking at for Nylander. So, Oh, I think you're starting at nine and a half for this guy. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's going to be an interesting one. Like he would be the one to deal, right? Because maybe you can get a team who deals for him and gives him a big extension, and uh, you can actually get something reasonable for him. Or do you just hope you can keep him? <laughs> that's 
That's a tough one. He'll be, in my mind, I think he's actually tougher than Matthews because Matthews, you'll give him, whatever, $12.8 million or, you know, to make him the highest paid player in the league and and call it good. Um, but William Nylander, you got to get that number down. You got to keep it down. Otherwise, you're not going to compete. Like, it's just too, like, he can't be more than $8 million in my mind. Ooh. Uh, otherwise, what do you do? Who are you getting? Like you know, I guess I guess you'd be thinking, well, Tavares only has two years left, so we can we'll make it work until then, and then when he becomes a UFA, we can we can spread our wings and fly. But two years is a long way from now mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms of how this guy goes. So it'll be it, he's got he's got tons of work to do. Um, and the draft was interesting. I, I don't know if you caught the – somebody asked a question like, do you have restrictions on what you're allowed to contribute to the draft from Calgary? And Shanahan said, I'll actually take that question. And he said, he does have restrictions from Calgary. Uh, we've got a great co- we've got a great pro scouting staff, so um, we're not worried about that. And we only – basically, he's like, we only have three picks, so it's not a big deal. And uh, – <laughs> And he said, but we're not going to share any of the details on what his restrictions are. So that, mm. that was just an interesting little caveat that like kind of got brushed over. But it was like, OK, so uh, maybe like uh, the, some of the scouting that he he had access to, he's like not allowed to share, to share an opinion it. on or something. I don't know how you can how you can limit that. I'm I'm not sure. Or maybe he just doesn't have access to the information that he would have had i i don't know how that works but it sounds like maybe they have to have the uh what's that what's that in the law firm when you've got like two two uh competing clients it's like a no it's a like a chinese they call it like the chinese wall or something like that a non-compete no it's it's like a like a slang thing it's like the chinese oh. wall or something like that where you have to you have to build a wall between the two and like nobody can talk about it at all because you're on different sides. But anyway, that's yeah. kind of sounds like what it, what it is. So that'll be interesting for the draft. You know, I mean, it's who cares? It's you've got a, fir- they have a first round pick. It's late, a late first round pick. Then it's a fifth and a sixth. No one's expecting you to hit on a fifth or a sixth round pick anyways. So <laughs> I guess you're, you're, uh, you're kind of off the hook for this next draft. In terms of like really, pro- I mean, hopefully you hit on that first round pick. That would be the the cross your fingers kind of thing. Or you trade that pick and you you try and move things around. That would be the other side of it. Although I'm sure that an entire scouting staff, probably one of the bigger scouting staffs in the league, wouldn't be super thrilled with a fifth and a sixth round pick <laughs> of, right. of just that draft. They're like, I'll just go somewhere else and work because we're never going to pick anybody. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see. I mean, this, these next four weeks are going to be madness in in Toronto. So, in oh, a lot of places, but but especially Toronto right now. Okay, well, now that we've uh, oh, let's let's do the one last hire, Andrew Brunette to the National Predators, which we did uh, we did call that John Hines would get fired back on our uh, episode like late in the season where we we tried to pinpoint which coaches we thought would get fired i think we both had john hines on the list and no 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 just you i actually said he would be safe for one more year oh okay all right well i tried to give you some credit Uh, (laughs) i appreciate it but this was all you okay yeah yeah it just it just i figured barry trotz would bring in his own guy and he does it's andrew brunette and uh andrew brunette funny enough he actually scored the first ever national predators goal 
That's right. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a great little tidbit. He scored the first ever national goal, and that was for Barry Trotz when he was his head coach. That's right. So Trotz brings him in, head coach, and uh, boy, I think that the Nashville Predators have just stolen a good-ass coach from the New Jersey Devils slash Florida Panthers because he was there two years ago. Yeah, I mean, it's it's no shocker. He was going to get signed by somebody this year, I think, as a head coach. I immediately uh, put my fingers up, you know, my, my pointer and middle finger, drop my ring finger and have my pinky up. <laughs> it's the shocker. I, yeah, the, I mean, listen, there was <laughs> – I was just going to brush over that. I like didn't say it, but, um, yeah, Andrew Burnett was, was no surprise to get signed this offseason. Um, I knew he was he was wasn't going to hang around. No, no after yeah, they started yeah. talking about the Lindy Ruff extension in, in New Jersey. Honestly, um, was surprised that yeah. I guess that's that's why he probably went to New Jersey, thinking, well, you know, maybe things don't work out with Lindy Ruff. I might get that job, or I'll just exactly. go somewhere else after that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, he did a, a fantastic job in Florida as as a head coach, yeah, even on an interim basis. Won the President's um, Trophy in his only year as a head coach. Right, a Jack Adams nominee and gets fired. Right, I mean it was funny. Somebody put up a, a little statistic: all the Jack Adams nominees from from 2022 were all fired last year. So nice, uh, or fired this year. That so seems that was, to uh, happen. Like you win that Jack Adams and you're gone within two years. Little, yeah, a little curse, right? But listen, I think Nashville's got got a great coach who's very player centric. He's got a high hockey IQ, so um, I think he's he's earned the re- the respect of players because I mean. We know how. I mean, what kind of player he was, and especially, you know, I mean that uh, that history he has with Trot. So I think he's going to fit in very well with this organization. Um, Justin, to get me, this. get this. Yeah, I, I just want to uh, go. Okay, Daryl Sutter won the Jack Adams last year. Fired. Um, Rod Brindamore still with the Hurricanes, so he's good in 2021. Bruce Cassidy, 2020 with the Bruins, he was fired within two years. Barry Trotz, 2019, he was fired two years later after winning it. Gerard Gallant. He won it in 2018 for the Vegas Golden Knights, got fired two years later. John Tortorella, he stuck around for a little bit with the Blue Jackets. Um, And then Barry Trotz won it with the Washington Capitals in 2016 and was fired two years later. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Bob Hartley won it in 2015, and I believe he was fired the next year. Patrick Waugh won it in 2014, and he left the next year. That's right. <laughs> it's just crazy. I mean, don't win that trophy if you want to keep your job. That's, That's insane. Insane. You know what's crazy to me is John Cooper. Uh, Has never won one. Yeah. I mean, is, is, he's to me, he's probably one of the best coaches in the NHL, but just can't ever seem to win it, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It's like... Uh, that trophy's dumb anyways. Yeah, well, I won't disagree with you. I think there should be other... Coach of the regular season award is all it is. That's why. It is. Right? Yeah, but That's I... Why. I yeah, they need they need other. I mean, I, I would like to see best goalie coach or best assistant uh, in there because they do so oh, much more. Fun. I think. Yeah, that'd be than, fun. Uh, yeah, if I, as voted on by like, who would vote on that though? That's that would be the tough part. But the writers, yeah, I probably guess? head coaches, players, know. players. Mm, Ooh. Yeah. Now then, every player would just vote for their own coach. Well, you can't do that. Let's just put that rule in there, oh. right? So, oh. um, I don't know. Anyways, uh, sounds like I, a sporting I, news poll. <laughs> And a players association poll, right? Um, yeah. So, I, I, all in all, Nashville Predators got themselves a hell of a head coach who I think is going to do everything he can to get the most again out of guys like Matt Duchesne, Ryan Johansson, and I think Barry Trotz knows that. And if he can't produce and get these guys going, I don't think you're going to see Andrew Burnett get fired. What I do think you will see is some major moves starting to happen for this team because 
Um, you know, again, I think that's why you bring in a guy like Andrew Burnett, who, who has shown he can get a lot out of players. And so he's going to try to to do that in Nashville, where I think they, they have a lot of assets that maybe aren't as movable as other teams might have right away. So um, see if he can't get milk these guys it. to rebound a little yep. bit. Yeah, milk exactly. It. Milk it a little bit more. And then wait till they are tradable, like, you know, maybe another year for Johansson or something, and then you can get rid of him and uh, and start the rebuild process. And I think Andrew Burnett knows that, that they're going to go through a little bit of a maybe some roller coaster up and down. So I think it, I, I think Andrew Burnett was a huge reason for uh, Huberto's. Huberto was really good, um, but then Andrew Burnett comes on the scene and Huberto kind of took another step. And uh, I, you know, Andrew Burnett, I don't know if you remember him playing. I mean, he was, uh, you know, it was it was a, it was a long time ago when he was actually a, a player, but he played that like very finesse type of game. He was a great skater and mm-hmm. and and a, and a good passer, a lot like a less talented Jonathan Huberdeau. And I I think that he was really really good for Huberdeau. You know, he came in in 2019, and if you look at uh, where Huberdeau's kind of rise to. Uh, to his like beasts of season. I mean, of course, of course he was good. You know, he, he had always been putting up solid seasons, but uh, especially, you know, he goes and puts up a hundred points uh, the year before that, you know, 90, 90 first season for Andrew Brunette that he was there, 92, 78 and 69 games, 61 and 55, then 115 points. So like he was a great asset for Huberto. It was the reason why I honestly thought Brunette would end up in Calgary. But he obviously didn't want to, didn't want to leave the warmth, and I don't blame him. He's <laughs> like, I spent a year in New Jersey. I went through that winter. I want to go to Nashville. I don't want to go to Calgary, and uh, that's that's one of the advantages of going to those those places. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he does. Um, the Dallas Stars, they have been eliminated from the playoffs. They went to the conference finals, and. Now Jim Nill in the first year of Peter DeBoer, I'd consider it a great success, uh, but he now just needs to kind of figure out where this team goes from here. And I think the first big question mark is, does Jamie Ben return to the Dallas Stars? Absolutely. I mean, I know. So, okay. First off, he's a, he's a, a popular people- player on the buyout cal- calculator because he only costs like 800 K for the first two years and 1.5 million for the second two. No, that's, that's actually incorrect. So, um, I'm cap friendly and I just, I just threw in the buyout calculator. So the next two seasons, he would have a cap hit of 8.833 million and then 333,000 for the next two after that. So hmm. the only savings would be, you know, I, two I heard quarters that it of- was different. Interesting. No, yeah, I mean, who knows? But anyways, so there there isn't any cap savings there. Yeah, well, to they be won't had. buy him out then. Yeah, so you're not you're not buying him out, and and I'll tell you what from from everything I've heard and from you know insiders that have. Oh, I'm you know, sorry. You know who I was thinking of? I'm an idiot. I don't know. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I, can I go back and delete all this shit? Yeah, uh, please. I was thinking of Ryan Suter. Ryan, uh, well, Ryan Suter is the yeah. one who yeah one. 800, 800, 1.5, 1.5. Yeah. Now he could be a buyout candidate, right? I mean, because it, it showed in the playoffs, right? He was a little bit slow. Um, but again, the problem with Dallas is I don't think they have anybody available who can play 20 plus minutes a night in their minor league system right now who's ready to step up, right? I mean, yes, you've got Essel and Dell and Heisken and those guys can play top minutes. But outside of that, you know, I'm not trusting Colin Miller, Hawk and Potter to fill in no. as a top line guy. And Nils Longfist has looked either. good. It looks like me and Thomas Harley too. And Joel, Joel Hanley. I mean, or, uh, Thomas Harley, uh, you, you really want Thomas Harley 
to be given opportunities because he he did look good when uh, when he was up there. I mean, he you know he was only up in the regular season for six games, but in those nineteen playoff games, I mean, nine points. He played really well for Dallas. Uh, he's definitely somebody who's going to hop up in the lineup next season. But you also have to consider eighty-two games is a long time, and a three point six million dollar cap hit for Ryan Suter is not bad. And even if he's not right. great come playoff time in the playoffs, you you can bear you can keep him on the last pairing. Like you can do a lot. Uh, yeah, and, give Harley a couple of those minutes, right? And you never know. I mean, by the by the end of his contract, he's thirty. He's, he'll be forty years old. Uh, you don't know that last year of his contract. Maybe you can ILTIR him or something, or you can deal him. Like next year, you could probably deal him to someone who would who would take him off your hands for a third round pick or something, and they get one year of Ryan Suter light, and you know he he gets to go and and play out his last days in Arizona or something. Yeah, problem is he's got a full do move, no move clause, so who knows if he wants to go? But true. Uh, but then you could just aside. say, look, we can we can buy you out, and you won't get as much money. That's very true. You could go with that route. Um, But to answer your original question, Jamie Ben, I think, you know, again, he's, he means way too much to this locker room. He's a, he's a strong personality for this team. I think they, everybody on the team loves this guy. Um, I just think you can't replace that kind of leadership and that kind of value in the locker room. Not to mention, I mean, don't get me wrong. Everybody will point to the fact that he was, you know, the team was two and oh without him in in the series. (laughs) And then they were oh and four, you know, with him in the lineup. I mean, uh, you know, frankly, you can't replace sixty odd plus points if you were to to trade him and try to bring somebody else. And I seventy eight points this year, thirty three goals. Yeah, going to be way too difficult. And what he meant for the development of guys like Ty Delandria, Wyatt Johnson. And, yeah, Wyatt Johnson. I mean, was just so invaluable. I don't think you're going to find that kind of leadership and development personnel. I mean, out of other players in free agency that you would out of a guy like Jamie Ben. Right, that's hard to replace. And so. Um, for me, the priority with this team in the offseason is getting Max Domi signed. Um, I think he fit in very, very well with this team. And if you can get him to a reasonable deal, that's going to look very good. And obviously, look, I mean, Jake Ottinger was just not himself this offseason or this play- this playoff year. And so well, he played too many games in the regular yeah, season. Yeah, played too many games in the regular so, season. So, you know what? Maybe you go get a third goaltender. Maybe you give Dylan Wells a few more looks this regular season and get him some rest. Um, you know, who knows? But. Um, for me, I, I don't really think I changed too much. I just try to get Max Domi signed and let this team go at it again. Let those younger guys develop a bit more. And you know what? Hey, I think, you know, again, you can still rely on Joe Pavalski Robertson, who was just kind of blanked a lot in this, this series, um, to take you there. And you know what? Mason Marchment to me was, was obviously the biggest thorn in the side of the Dallas stars, in my opinion, for this series and why they lost. I think, you know, you bring in a guy at that, that cost, um, you know, at that price, to, to contribute and, and help you get through these series when guys like, you know, Robertson maybe are struggling a little bit. That's the whole reason you brought him in here. And, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe you buy him out because, you know, if you buy him out next season, you save 3.6 million bucks. Um, and then after that 1.4, 1.4, but, um, I, I think, mean, I, I think know. you're going to hang on to him. I think you're going to give him, this is his first year in Dallas, right? So, Oh, I agree. I, I give think him you a, give him another give him year. A year but, yeah. But, I mean, hey, it's uh, it, he's the guy I would look at if, if there was any issue with this team, really. I think, you know, again. Yeah, you know, if you could I'm do sure surgery just, and you could just move him for nothing, you, you might do that. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, th- there's some tinkering to do. Certainly that defense maybe needs one more piece. Uh, you need to re-sign Ty Delandria, which I don't think will cost too much, but he's, you know, his development is on, on the right track. 
28 points in your rookie season, you know, you're probably looking at three, like two and a half million for yeah. him. And, you know, that's, they only have $7.3 million in cap space. So, uh, and if you want to bring in another goaltender other than Scott Wedgwood, it's probably going to cost more than a million dollars a year. So there, there's a little bit of surgery that has to get done, but not it's it's minor. It's minor. You know, you you, you don't need to bring back everybody. You can probably you're not bringing back to Donov, I don't think. And uh, Max Domi, I think if you can get him on a team friendly deal, you'll bring him back. Otherwise, I think he'll probably go and just go back and sign in Chicago. Honestly. Yeah, because I think what Max Domi wants more than anything else is longevity. He wants term, right? Because, I mean, when you look outside of Poor his you know, initial... What, yeah, six outside, teams in, in his career, right? Six yeah, teams outside seven of Arizona, years. he's never been with a team longer than two years. And, you know, he's been with four teams in the last two years. So, yeah. I mean, gosh, you know, if you can get him, you know, on a five-year deal, he'd probably take two million bucks a year. You know, here's the thing. Anytime that Max Domi has made it to the playoffs, he has always gotten to at least the second round. <laughs> well hey there's your hey, lucky charm then hey he'll help you win the first round um okay let's let's skip over to the eastern conference the carolina hurricanes uh, head coach tom dundon basically saying let's run it back bring everybody back and let's go let's get sebastian aho signed who is eligible for an eight-year extension in july oh <clears throat> this one will be fun this one will be fun to see what he signs at because Obviously, we know before with the um, the offer sheet when that happened, uh, that's not going to be the case this time around. He is a UFA, and he's he's a heart and soul guy on this team, right? I mean, you look at what he, you know, contributed. I mean, obviously, he's not going to be, in my opinion, a guy who you're expected to be a point per game player. But right. I think he's a comparable to a guy like Dylan Larkin. Um, yeah, you know, he, yeah. he plays a good two. He's, he's a really good two way player. Yeah, I think he could be better offensively if he didn't have to be so responsible, um, which isn't a bad thing, but. Yeah, I, th- I think you're looking at like similar to Barzell and Larkin. Yeah, <clears throat> I think that's the why, starting place. But he's had a lot. He's had quite a bit of playoff success too, so he can sure. point to that and say, "Look at like I'm the number one center on this team, and we've been to the playoffs every year that I've been here. You know, like I'm an important player. I'm I'm more important than Larkin and more important than Barzell because of what I ultimately bring to the table in the end. I think he's probably looking more at that Barzell deal." That like nine one nine five somewhere in there, uh, and maybe he gives a little discount to Carolina. He's been there forever, and uh, I don't think there's state tax there, is there? Um, I think so. I think there might be, but I mean, regardless, it's it's going to cost them. Um, and not only that too, but they've got a lot of other RFAs that are going to need some deals. Martin Nishis is going to need a hefty raise. Seth Jarvis is going to get a, a hefty raise as well, and. Um, you know, Jordan Martinook, I think, who is, again, a heart and soul type player, um, you know, again, with Jordan Stahl maybe coming back, you know, you're going to probably get him super cheap. Um, but again, Jordan Martinook's another guy, a depth piece that I, I think they're going to look to resign as well. So um, there's a lot of pieces that are going to need contract extensions this offseason. Yeah, Stahl's definitely coming back. No doubt about that one. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Um, you know, probably a couple, two, three million bucks, I would imagine, for a guy like that. Um you know, uh, yeah, you're, you're probably you're definitely hoping that hey, you know, we just paid you six million dollars forever. Did he have a how many years was that? Three, four, five, six, oh, seven, eight, nine, ten year deal that he signed with Carolina. Uh, oh, he signed that with Pittsburgh. <laughs> oh, oh, was that it? Within no, that was yeah, with that Carolina. Was, 
Are you sure? Yeah, in 2013, 14. Oh, goodness. He got traded to to Pittsburgh. Oh, you know, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. He was on a four-year deal for four mil with Pittsburgh. That's right. Yeah, Yeah, so he signed that 10-year. That was the last year of those $10 million deals, or those 10-year deals. Because that's that's right. 2013-14, and then it, yep. So, but so Don Waddell though has already come out and said though, um, you know, George Stall aside, he he's already come out and said that we're going to be aggressive. They want to find somebody who can put the puck in the net, right? That's that's their priority, and that's what I've you know been been screaming the last couple playoffs that they. Well, is that a resign Max Pacioretty? Is he? I I I would think that you'd like to get him under contract a one year one mil if you know if you could scoop him at something like that. They did address that too in their offseason presser and said that they would like to resign him. But they they also came out and they you know in so many words they basically are going to play it cautious with him right they're not going to rely on him to be healthy and be the guy is what they essentially said so they're going to go out and go find somebody else as well now if they can bring in someone and get Max Pacioretty signed that's yeah. a win win so think Max Pacioretty is like a like a, a B level kind of um, kind of player yeah, that you're and, like and he, if he comes he's in a guy and contributes that, great. Yeah, and he's a guy that I think any team is going to go out and only give a one-year deal to anyways just because of his health issues. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, I mean, the other thing, though, is it's not like you're going after Patrick Kane. I don't think Kane would go to Carolina anyways. But Well, you heard what he what happened with him today, didn't you? I did not. So Patrick Kane had surgery on his hip, and oh, okay. he's going to be out four to six months. Okay, so he won't might not even sign with anybody. Uh, he will. I mean, he'll sign with somebody, but I mean, I think I guess four, four months is about October 1st, right? So, yeah, so he'll probably be back worst case scenario, November, December, right? So I, I think, you know, personally, he'll probably end up signing a one year deal because teams are going to be, oh, yeah. they want to see what he's got, right? Oh, yeah. So, um, and then they'll give him the long term deal after, you know, a four or five year deal after that. But, um, yeah, so I, I think you're going to see Kaner take a one year and, I don't think a team like Carolina would would touch him really at this point. They want a guy who can put the puck in the net, not just dish it. So, right, yeah. I mean, and then then you ask like, who is that guy in free agency? I don't think maybe other than like a Tarasenko. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Tarasenko fits the fits the vibe. I'm not sure. I guess you know Tarasenko. He he did play. He's on a team where, you know, it's not like with Craig Berube, you can just be a, a wimp. Like, P- Craig Berube and Rod Brindamore sort of have the same vibe to them, right? Like, both guys who you say the wrong thing to them and it feels like you're going to get hit in the hit in the mouth. <laughs> uh, like, they could beat every single player up on their teams. Uh, that's how both of them feel. So, I, yeah. you know, maybe a similar vibe um, and similar city kind of life like st louis smaller market uh carolina a smaller market there in raleigh uh maybe he likes that that feel but at the same time he did just go to the rangers and and you know who knows if he if he really enjoyed that playing in front of the lights kind of thing in the bigger stage uh maybe that's something that he chases but i, I mean i don't see anyone on this free agency list that makes me go oh that kid can score lots of goals other than tarasenko to an extent and uh, that's about it in terms of UFAs. Right. No, I, I agree. And I do think that you might have to see somebody get dealt to bring in somebody. For example, like I look, you know, at an RFA, uh, Alex Debrinkit, a guy who's, who's been known to be a goal scorer, um, you know, maybe doesn't play that, that two-way game that I think might fit. But, um, again, this, this could be a player who could come in and maybe, you know, uh, mold his game a little bit differently, um, you know, might fit in well with some of these players, the way they, they play, you know, very – very well defensively and they're you know they've got enough guys who i think condition the puck and 
you know, you play on a second line with a guy like, I don't know, Coquette Niemi maybe might be enough. I don't know, but we'll see what they, gosh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens, you know, with, with this team. And if they do decide to maybe trade a guy like, you know, Jesse Pooley-Arvey, throw in a first rounder, I, I have no idea maybe what it would take to get to bring it out of Ottawa, but I don't think Ooh, it's going to stay there. Yeah, uh, probably a lot. Absolutely. A lot. Well, they gave up two firsts, so going to well, have to start then. start with that. That's that's where you're starting, I think, for him. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. It's going to have to come from a trade, and uh, in that case, you know, I think more or less Carolina just goes, well, let's just be aggressive with our, with our draft picks. They've got their next three firsts. They've got a second as well. They have been very conservative with trading away their draft picks, so... You know, maybe now now's the time to start using them and start start trading those for players. Yeah, you're in your window right now. I mean, and then the other thing you have to look at too, right, is now they've got to address the goaltending situation, right? So, which um, they they did say that they were open to re-signing both Anderson and Ranta, despite Kachetkov's, uh, despite his success. I mean, you could look. You could run with three goaltenders. I mean, there's sure that that's been done before. I've never seen a team do it a whole entire season. Um, but you know, at periods, teams have you know had three guys on the roster. One just sits up in the the presser for for you know the game. But I but my boy. guess is that you're going to have to choose. Like, yeah, you can say. I, I think by saying, "Oh, we'd like to bring both of them back," I think maybe they were they were kind of saying like, "We'll bring back." Either one, we don't mind, but we're not gonna. They they're not gonna bring back both guys. That would be silly. I think I I don't know that both guys would want to come back. You know, if somebody said, "Hey, uh, we'd love to bring you back. We're gonna bring back the other guy too." Uh, and by the way, we have another guy. So you might be our third goalie, and you might be like, "Well, yeah, I played that, pretty I'm- well." <laughs> like if you're Frederick Anderson, aren't you going, dude? I just had a lights out season. I played great, and I've he's also shown that like he can play in the playoffs, man. Like he had a great playoff too. So I, I think maybe if you're Frederick Anderson, you go like, I need to go and sign and be a number one goalie and like not have the, not have the, the risk of two other people jumping me. Uh, maybe you feel like that if you're anti Ranta too, that, Hey, you had a, you had a good regular season and maybe you can go somewhere and, and, not cash in per se, but go somewhere and sign a little bit for a little bit more. Like yeah, if, if I mean, they both sign, there's no way you're going to have, I mean, Anderson was at four or five. I don't think he's signing for less than four or five again. And I don't think that anti Ranta is worth less than, you know what he was at 2 million. I think that he's due a race based on how he played in the playoffs too. No, I absolutely agree. I, I think both of these guys are going to get, you know, whether or not they get a lot of term, right. Uh, is a whole nother question, but I do think these guys are going to get substantial figures as far as, you know, three, four to five million bucks, um, you know, as far as, you know, an AAV is concerned. So, but the, on the flip side, right, if you're Carolina, maybe, maybe you look at it and you say, you know what, both these guys have injury histories. Maybe we want to take a swing at somebody else, right? Do you take a swing and maybe try to, I don't want to necessarily say cheap out, but go a cheaper route and get a guy like Jonas Corposalo, who has shown he, he has potential, Right? You think and maybe Jonas Corposal is going to go cheap? Well, he I don't think he'll go so cheap. so good for L.A. I think he's going to be a five, or, five or six million bucks. Uh, I don't know about that. But, I mean, again, I I think, you know, you could probably get him for three and a half if you give him enough term, maybe four million bucks. But I don't uh, know. I, I think someone's going to throw money at him. I think the Kings are probably already going to throw money at him. To try well, I think they would there. like to keep him for sure. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, or maybe you go like James Reimer, right? Who there's a guy I think you could get for you know two and a half, three million bucks. Yeah, but I don't think uh, you want Reimer over Ranta or Anderson. No, no, no. I'm not disagreeing with you, but again, as like a third looking, guy, you're saying. Right. No. But, but what I'm what I'm getting at is if you want to try to save one or two million bucks, right? And you you want to bring in you know a guy like Ron or Reimer or maybe even Jonathan Quick, right? On dirt cheap deals, uh, Aiden Hill, maybe, right? You bring him in cheap. I don't know. Again, there's there's a ton of options, right? Or maybe you take a swing there, at a guy like Tristan Jari. Yeah, there actually right? are quite a few goaltending options. Uh, you know, between Varlamov, even who we haven't yeah, talked he about, would be Varlamov, great. Anderson, Jari. Uh, I mean, even in Cam Cam Talbot. I mean, there's some there's some solid goaltenders out there. I mean, Laurent Brossois even had a nice little run there with with Vegas. So for a backup goaltender, not a not a bad thing there. And I mean, Martin Jones had a nice year with Seattle. You've got uh, Halaki with Corpusalo. I mean, there's there are a lot of names on this UFA list for goaltenders. Um, some of them are going to get squeezed for sure. But uh, when there's that many names, you know, you're not probably going to get paid quite as much as you may yeah. have in other off seasons where there's not as many goalies available. All right. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. All right. Um, should we, uh, should we jump into the Stanley cup finals, close out the show with previewing the final series of the playoffs? That's what the folks came to see. That's, Give them what they want. That's what they came to see. All right. Uh, Florida Panthers, Vegas, golden Knights, uh, game one Saturday and it is in Vegas. It's going to be, rip roaring it's their second time in the finals in the last six years since coming into the league this is the florida panthers first time in the finals since 1996 and uh all those numbers still make the maple leafs look really bad with that 1967 when people are like oh my god it's been since 1996 and you're like yeah my dad was five when they were in there, <laughs> 67 um okay uh let's let's start Let's start with the goaltending because I think that's where, you know, that's what got Florida here. So let's start with the goaltending and then move our way up and out uh, from to the defense and the forwards. Uh, with this super long break, does that help or hurt Bobrovsky? Because he's been hot. Like the greatest stretch. He's been very, very under average the last three years. And he's having his swan song right now. Did these this ten day break just hurt Bobrovsky, or did it help him? That's the million dollar or ten million dollar question, right? Um, boy, I don't really know because so so I would I would probably say if I had to guess or wager, I would probably say it's going to hurt him because um, coming into the regular season, right, or with the regular season over the last few seasons, right, he's been sharing the net with Spencer Knight or or Leon. Um, you know, and it, it hasn't really worked out well for him, right? And he comes in here, and now he's the guy. He's going hard every single night, um, and it, and it's worked out well, right? I mean, ever since he stepped in and took took over, um, you know, he's been just. I mean, it, it looks like you know they've been playing every other night, and it's been great to watch. Um, but now they go and they get a sweep, and uh, they're you know pretty much um, twiddling you know, their fingers for a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah, twiddling. Yeah, that's the good way to put it. Just twiddling their fingers, just sitting there waiting. And, you know, again, now I think now there's certain expectations. There's a little bit more pressure, whereas I think now, you know, looking at these last three series, they were always, I mean, the underdog in every single series. Now maybe you look at them in this series and say, well, they're not really the underdogs anymore, right? I mean, maybe they are slightly, um, 
what did what did I read on Money Puck? I think they're yeah chance of winning game one. Vegas is fifty six percent to to you know Florida's forty four. So you know again that's not that big of a difference. Whereas you know Boston, I think it was like seventy thirty something like that. So again, um, you know, uh, just, to me, if I had to pick one, it would be you know it would probably hurt them. But you know, goaltenders are are weird beasts. You know, they some of them just do well with a lot of rest. Some guys just you know, can't do it. So we'll, we'll find out, I guess, game one for sure. Yeah. I think that he benefits from some rest, but I don't know if, I mean, anytime you rest that long in between games, it's not going to probably help you unless you had some kind of injury, which I don't believe that he did. Uh, but at the same time, you know what? He's a pretty focused guy. He's, he's done. He's been doing this for a long time. So right. I don't know that 10 days is really going to throw him off so bad. I think he's just going to go in and keep doing what he's doing. Uh, I'll, I'll put it this way. I don't think that Bobrovsky is going to lose this series for the Panthers. So I, I, I don't have any, agree with I don't have any, any issue with him coming into this because I think that he's just, he's that hot. He's been that good. Now, do I think that he's going to come back in the regular season next year? Do this again? No, but I think like, Hey, he's here in the playoffs and he sees the moment and that moment isn't over yet. And I, I think he continues to do what he's been doing. Um, but I, you know, then I look at the other side of the coin and you go, man, it sure seemed like the goaltending was going to be the weakness for the Vegas golden Knights. And honestly, I don't think that the Vegas golden Knights are where they are without Aiden Hill. He's just been so good uh, in 11 games, a 937 save percentage. He has blown away what he's typically done in his career. And, uh, I mean, he's you basically have two goalies who are playing the best hockey of their careers. And now Aiden Hill is playing really, really good. Bobrovsky is playing like Hall of Fame level playoff run Jonathan Quick style, like he's just leading his team all the way. I don't think that Vegas needed him to win to to necessarily get here had they had another goaltender, but because they had so many goalies go down, it was like, oh gosh, you have to go to Aiden Hill now, and he has really risen to the occasion. So um, I think you look at you look at what he's done, what Bobrovsky's done, and you go, I mean, this either goalie could could win the Conn Smythe trophy for their team. Really the way that they've, they both played a couple shutouts in this round and maybe we see a goalie win the Conn Smythe. I, I think if Florida wins it, there's no doubt it's Bobrovsky, right? I don't know. I mean, I, I still think the way Kachuk has played, Kachuk, yeah. he could creep in there, right? If, if Bobrovsky is above average and not stellar, right? You, you could see Kachuk steal that. But um, again, I, Going back to when you say, right, Bobrovsky won't lose it for Florida, and I absolutely agree with you, but I do think Aiden Hill could lose it for Vegas, right? Um, because, again, he, he is that goaltender where, you know, he hasn't had the type of career that Bobrovsky has where, like, you know Bobrovsky can turn it on and, and go hot, right? Where Aiden Hill, is his career's been fine, but he hasn't shown those flashes of brilliance for for as long as you know Bobrovsky did, especially when, it, when, his, was, when he was in Columbus. Sure, we're all and, watching Antti Niemi repeat his uh, 2009 run to the Stanley Cup. <laughs> right. Zayden Hill. Yeah. Yeah. A good is, goalie. Right? He's a good goalie. He just said he had never gotten the big opportunity. Here's his big opportunity. He's seizing it. Is he a Vesna Trophy winning goalie though? No. Will he ever be? No. Absolutely agree with you. He's an now average goalie at best. This. 
Yeah, let me ask you this. If things do go sour and we start to get to that point where, like, Aiden Hill is losing it for Vegas, how short is your leash to bring in a guy who's won two Stanley Cups and Jonathan Quick? Um, the leash is about a mile long because I don't think so you're you wanna, not going to quit. No, ever. no, I don't think so. Okay. I think Aiden Hill's got, gotten you this far. I think you just stick with him unless he gets hurt, of course, but well, sure. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think this is going to be a series where we go, Oh, there we go. The goalies lost it. Like, yeah, you could have one game maybe, you know, where one, where certain blow up, maybe a little bit of a blowout happens, but I don't think it's going to be consistent. I don't think we're going to see what happened to Jake Ottinger or anything where, you know, all of a sudden you're like, wait, what happened to this guy? I think it's just, <laughs> I, I think this is going to be a very good Stanley cup final. I, think. I sure hope so. Let, let's, uh, let's move forward up, not to the forwards, but to the defense. Um, Vegas, Vegas's defense against the Panthers defense. Uh, what are you seeing? What do you like? Or who do you like? Oh, well, I, so what I like for, for Vegas is the, the Stanley cup pedigree there. Um, right. I mean, so you look at what they have on the back end. you've got pitcher Angelo, who's clearly captain a Stanley cup team, Alec Martinez, who's got a couple cups to his name. Right. And then you've got a solid guy in shape. Has Theater a Stanley who, cup winning goal, by the way. In, yeah, in absolutely. Yeah. I still hate that goal to this day. Uh, cause, cause you know, my, my Lundquist lost, but whatever, we won't talk about that. I'm going to go down a dark hole. Um, wait, was that, was that Alec Martinez or was that, uh, no, that was someone else. Who was that? It was the it? other defenseman. Oh sure? gosh. Yeah. It was the other defenseman for, uh, for them. Who was it? Alec Martinez or no, no, it was somebody else. I'll find Okay. It. Well, e- either way, um, either way, you know what, I, I Again, I, I think you know what Alec Martinez. He knows what it takes to win. Alex Pietrangelo knows what it takes to nope, win. Nope, it was and it I, was Alec Martinez. Yep. Bam. All right. Good deal. I doubt it. Um, and then, yeah. Well, not only that too, but then you look at you know again a, a lot of these players from you know the original expansion team from Vegas are still here. William Carlson, Shea Theodore, for example, on that back end who have that experience and have been in that Stanley Cup final setting before. Marsh so they know. Oh well, yeah, on the back end. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, but they've got plenty of defensemen who knows what it takes to win versus when I look at Florida, right? They've got a lot of, you know, guys who just haven't been there before. And, you know, and again, they're riding that that underdog story. And, and you know, they've been doing a great job so far. But, you know what, I, I think one thing they haven't faced is they haven't really um, – well, I shouldn't say that, but um, they, they haven't – oh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, they haven't had to face – I don't know what where I'm getting at, but regardless, they've they've faced a lot of tough teams getting here. Florida has their defense has shown up, right? Is where I was going with that. Florida's defense has shown up and shown that they're up to the task, especially like a guy like Mark Stahl, right? For example, I look at him on that that second pairing and and w- was thinking when they were coming into that Boston series, like, oh man, like I don't know how much you know you can go past you know Ekblad and yeah. yeah. Well, let's know, say Forsling they, they and, played kind of like above their their weight class. Thank you. Yeah. In some yeah, respects, absolutely. And so how long can they keep that up? Really? You know, is, is this where they finally drop the ball? I don't know what, but Vegas has played their back end has played exactly how I expected them to play. And they've, they've lived up to, you know, all expectations. They haven't necessarily exceeded them, but they've done exactly what they've needed to do. And it's been good enough to get them, you know, a wins and they've done such a great job defensively to down low, especially in the trenches in front of a guy like Aiden Hill to give up, you know, to not give up those third and fourth chances to, you know, that usually come and end up biting teams up in the ass. So, yeah, uh, I, I think 
one thing that I notice about both these defenses is how scary they are. Like, I don't want to. You want to go out against Alex Petrangelo, who's willing to destroy <laughs> Leon right. Dreisaitl, and I. I mean, uh, Petra, Petrangelo has been there before. Uh, Alec Martinez, like you said, been there before. They've got some big guys back there. Uh, they they play a very tight, good system game. Zach White Clouds looked fantastic, and when you when you look at Florida. I say the same thing. Like, dude, Brad Kogutis always looks like he's an axe murderer. And Mark <laughs> Stahl, Mark Stahl is terrifying. Like, yes, he's slow, but man, does like he just makes guys look silly because he's so, he's still good with his hands. And uh, he's kind of had a resurgence here. Uh, and then, you know, you have to go up against the guy who I think is the best defenseman in this series is Aaron Eckblad. And so, and the and the best goal scoring defenseman in the series is Brandon Montour. However, on the flip side of Vegas, I think between Petrangelo, Martinez, and Shea Theodore, those are the like the three best. That like that's the pairing that I want. I want those three on my team over what what Florida has, but I think Florida has the best overall defenseman in, in Ekblad. So I think I think there's there's uh, pros and cons to both defenses. I don't think yeah. we're going to – I think that toe-to-toe, these are very even but in different ways. Like Vegas is going to suffocate you. Uh, they can move the puck really well. So can Florida. Uh, but Florida is just – they have maybe the that that high-end skill out of Ekblad and Montour. Montour is having just a, an absolute revelation of a, of a playoff. And even this whole season, I mean, he's been – He's just been an offensive juggernaut going from a career high of 37 points to 73. Just flip those numbers around. Uh, he's he's looked really good. And so I, I think when all is said and done, these defenses are very even but different in the way well, that they play. And what's scary about a guy like Brandon Montour, um, you know, we, we talked about the goal scoring, right? I mean, he was phenomenal against Boston. Game one, scores another goal against Toronto, well, He just right? unlocks the offense because of the way that he can skate. Right, but I mean, he's been visible on the ice and played very good defensively against Toronto and Carolina. Yeah, yeah, but he too. hasn't scored a single point in his last eight games. So I'm, I'm, if I'm Vegas, I'm scared he's ready to break out. <laughs> you know, he can't be dry forever, right? Yeah, so. and and you know, sometimes something like that. You know, we talk about ten days off for Bobrovsky, bad thing. Maybe ten days off for a guy like Montour, who, uh, you know, when you go eight games without a point after having seventy three in the regular season and scoring at a point per game clip in the beginning of the playoffs, it makes you wonder, like, did he get, did he get hurt? Did he get nicked up? And Hey, I like, I've definitely played where you have a bruise. You've got like some weird hand thing, a wrist thing. You've got tendonitis or something. And I mean, it does suck. Like sometimes your shot just doesn't come off the same way. Sometimes the, the, like the feel of the puck is just a little bit different. And if you can eliminate that little bit of pain, it can make the, all the difference. So maybe some, for some of these guys, I would suspect the 10 day break is huge for Florida because everyone can kind of get back to that baseline of health. And that is something you cannot discount when it comes to the Stanley cup finals. I would take a 10 day break, even if it means that game one, were a little rusty. Uh, I think the Panthers have what it takes to kind of keep themselves in it until they shake that rust off in the beginning. Yeah. And especially for a guy like Kachuk who plays such a physical game, Right, being able to rest yeah. your body just a little Absolutely. bit more is—I mean, you know—he's going to go full throttle now when he gets in there. Yeah. There's no, 
you know, no let. I mean, because again, if, if you come in there, if you had played six or seven games, your body's tired, worn down, right? You might not go as hard first those first couple games against Vegas where now I think he's going to go full throttle. All right. Yep. I, I would agree. Uh, well, speaking of which, so let's move uh, to the forward position where uh, we we do have Eric Stahl for the Florida Panthers going against Mark Stahl on the back end. So that'll be fun to see two brothers going up against each other. And uh, I mean, Eric just got done playing his other brother, Jordan. I wonder if anyone has ever had to beat two brothers in a row to win the cup. Well, he's not going to have to because Mark and Eric are on the same team. But uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, he is. What am I thinking of? Yeah, yeah. Right, we'll but, go back and delete I mean, that. Playing playing the other brother, though. I mean, come on, that's that's always fun, right? And when you know, if you're Jordan, you got to go shake both your brother's oh, hands. That's, dude, that would that's be the just worst. sucks. That would be I know. The worst, yeah. <laughs> you're not going to. I mean, they're not going to let let that one go for a whole year, right? Till you play again. So, well, you're not going to let that one go for the rest of your life. Well, no, of course not. Especially <laughs> or, if you win the or, cup. <laughs> or do the Florida Panthers go in the off season? They go, hey, can we just get our brother in here, Mark, oh. Eric, and it will all be really slow, but it'll be fine. <laughs> Jordan, I mean, well, if, they, if they could bring in Jordan Stall, they probably would say, hey, Eric, we can't bring you back, buddy. <laughs> uh, no, I think Jordan Jordan Stall is too important to Carolina. They'll they'll re up him, but yeah, absolutely. Um, the the other. The other side on Vegas, I mean, Jack Eichel is having one heck of a first playoff appearance. Uh, gets to go all the way to the Stanley Cup final, so that's nice for him. Uh, Mark Stone has been like absolutely as advertised. And when you look at this top six in comparison to Florida's top six, I I think you're almost overwhelmed with how deep Vegas is, like how good their top six appears to be, even their top nine. And when you compare to that that to Florida, it's not that Florida doesn't have some nice pieces, but the high end talent is not there the way that that Vegas has going right now with uh, you know William Carlson. Like William Carlson and and Barkov head to head is an interesting matchup to me because you've got two unbelievable defensive centers that are going to go toe to toe. And uh, but I I just once you get past a few guys on Florida's forward group, I think you start to see the talent drop off from where Vegas is at. Like Florida doesn't have a Marcia. So on their second line, uh, Florida doesn't have a, like they don't have the benefits of having guys like a William Carlson playing on their second line. I mean, that just is something that they, they don't have. And that that's going to probably be Florida's biggest challenge is can they, can their depth, push them through this round as well. I mean, it has all the other rounds. I mean, I think, I think for the most part, all those other rounds we looked and we went, I mean, Florida doesn't have the same forward depth as this team, so they might lose and they haven't. So maybe it's not a problem for them. Maybe their depth is better than we think. Maybe, but so here's the thing though. You got a guy in William Carlson to me who like you go on daily face off and look at, you know, Vegas's line combinations You've got Riley Smith and Carlson on, on a third line right now. I mean, Florida doesn't have that. Not to mention, right. Vegas has got a guy by the name of Phil Kessel who's been a scratch for the last 13 playoff games yeah. for this Vegas team. Yeah, he looked uh, real bad in the first round. <laughs> yeah, he. Did. I mean, he did. But, you know, again, who knows, right? So maybe, you know. A, hey, a there's an injury or, or something. You might. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're he, not. He comes in and. Maybe he's a little bit different, right? Because now he's playing for a cup, you know, instead sure. of that first round And he's series. been there. So, yeah, he's been there before. Yeah. Yeah, I think the only way he he clocks back in is if they, you know, they really can't 
can't score a goal or, I mean, or they, they just have an injury. I, I don't see him finding his way back in there. Uh, but, uh, yeah. but still, that's a nice piece to have that, you know, Florida doesn't, right? If they get in trouble, sure. guys go down. They don't have that. Yeah, if you need to really switch up the lineup, you could bring him back in. But I at this point, I think, I mean, he hasn't played in like a month. I don't know that you're bringing him back into this, this situation at this point. But, yes, theoretically, I mean, if you do have an injury, I mean, it's better than not having Phil Kessel. <laughs> right. Not having a guy who's won two Stanley Cups and – um I mean, at one point, I think one of those years in Pittsburgh. I mean, he was he was definitely considered for the for the Conn Smythe Trophy. Like he he knows how to get it done in the playoffs. So uh, maybe a little little trick in your back back pocket there for having a Phil Kessel. Um, anything else that you you see? I mean, uh, you know, I just look and I go, oh yeah, Vegas also has Chandler Stevenson. Like <laughs> they just have a bevy oh, yeah. of riches right now, right? Like that's what makes them so good. They're so deep and and they've they've made some fantastic trades. I mean, Chandler Stevenson, probably the best trade that uh Kelly McCrimmon has ever made. Well, like what an absolute robbery a steal. And then, you know, the the trade for Mark Stone, Jack Eichel, like these trades are just they built a franchise off of huge trades, which I actually really like. I like that they've done this differently than most teams have ever done it. And, and so in that sense, it's fun. Uh, I think somehow the Vegas golden Knights have kind of shook their like, Oh, everybody hates us. Kind of, kind of vibe. Like I think people have started to kind of come to the, they, they, they've started to cheer for the Vegas golden Knights. Whereas, you know, earlier in the season, I think there was a little bit of like, Oh, look how they treated flurry. Look how they, they've treated players in the past. And I think, people have forgotten that on this run and it's it's kind of just become a, a a fun run for the knights yeah why not i mean vegas is it's a fun city right why not and the fact know, that like their goaltending has just been so all over the place that <laughs> it's uh yeah I, I do wonder what's going to happen with robin leonard in the offseason that's uh that's a pretty interesting prospect like i mean if now if he's if he's just completely out and he's never going to play again well then he's just ltir but uh does he have a you know does he have a comeback in him that'll be an interesting place for Vegas because they have used a lot of goalies this year so it'll be they interesting to have. see what they do of course well you know once the finals are over and and we we break down everything uh, from there but they're they're definitely a team there's some some interesting players that are becoming free agents like Jonathan Marcheseau would he leave Vegas Ooh. after a Stanley Cup win I don't know I think he probably probably resign there but uh, but Vegas is uh, takes no prisoners <laughs> when it comes. What about to, Chandler Stevenson? Right, I players. Mean, well, Chandler Stevenson is. Oh yeah, he's a UFA too. You're right. He's oh, going to get a, a raise after next year. So, uh, so a very yes, yeah, so a very small one after making two point seven five million and putting up sixty back to back sixty point seasons. Yeah, small, tiny little raise, uh, and could probably go somewhere else and put up even bigger numbers if he's put in the right situation. But for him, I I see him as somebody who, my goodness, you should not leave. Because this is clearly the like, dream scenario for Chandler Stevenson. Um, mm-hmm. He's just he's just been great for Vegas. All right, let's uh, let's do our picks. Who do you have for the Stanley Cup Finals? Yeah, so this one this one I actually debated for quite a while, right? I know I picked Vegas and and the Rangers, and part of me almost wanted to you know stick with Florida because listen, the one X factor that we didn't really we didn't really touch on that much. Uh, you know, Matthew Kachuk. If, I mean, if there's one player on both of these teams that could 
legit take over a game outside of maybe Bobrovsky, who's shown he could steal a couple. Uh, Matthew Kachuk could be that guy. Um, you know, I, I don't think Vegas has played a guy like that before, um, you know, so far in the playoffs. So it'll be interesting to see how he upsets the dynamic of their, their team defense, the way they play their two-way game. It'll be a lot of fun. But ultimately, to me, I think regardless how well Bobrovsky plays, how much, you know, Kachuk upsets the way Vegas plays or how well he produces offensively. I just think ultimately the 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 coaching, the depth at that forward group and on defense is going to be just a little bit more, a little bit better for, you know, than what Florida has to offer. And to me, I'm going to take Vegas in six games. Six games for Vegas. Um, I did want to point out that this is, I, I'm wondering the last time this happened where two coaches in their first year coaching face off in the right in the uh, Stanley Cup finals. Well, that's a very we'll good have to, we'll have to very look good back. trivia question. We'll have to look back and, and figure that one out. But uh, yeah, first first two first time head coaches going head to head. I just thought about that. Uh, it's it is so hard to pick against either of these teams because both of them have had fairly consistent runs. Like what did uh what did Vegas beat Winnipeg in? Was that set was that seven games? Six. Uh, it was six, I think. It was six, yeah. Yeah, so they've won all their series in six games, right? No, 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 I'm sorry. They, do, they did it in five. No, five. Oh, five, yeah. Okay, yeah. so they five, six, and six. They've yep, won five, all six, their series six. in convincing fashion. Um, Florida, I mean, other than the the like first three out of four games since then, I mean, since the first three out of four games, they've won, what, four out of, or uh, sorry, they've won 12, 11 out of, 11 out of 12 They've games. been unbeatable. I mean. 11 out of 12 games. They've lost three games since that, you know. Uh, that's that's. They've lost insane. four games all playoffs, but they, they've only right. lost one game since since uh, game four of that first round. And they lost in game four of the Leafs, and they were already up 3 nothing. <laughs> so it was like a meaningless win anyways. Um, yeah, I just, at this point, I'm just going. I I feel like maybe they're the team. They're the team of destiny, and they are less of an under a less of an underdog than I I think we we've given them credit for. They had a new head coach. They made some big trades, but this was a team that won the President's Trophy last year. This is not a bad team. They were in the second round last year, and uh, and got beaten by a really good Tampa Bay team. They figured their stuff out, and I think that the Florida Panthers are just that team of destiny. And I think Bobrovsky is going to take them there and he's going to make us all go, wow, the Florida Panthers paid $80 million for a Stanley cup, one (laughs) Stanley cup. It's worth it though. And they can tell him to go home after that. Just say, Hey, you know what? Let's just put you on LTIR. (laughs) Call it good. Let's, let's just like, let's just pretend you would have had a great end to your career. But they're going to hire somebody in the offseason to pipe him in the knees. Yeah, yeah they're going to uh, <laughs> What's that skater who they took the hammer to their her knees? Oh, oh yeah. god. I, yes, all I can yes. think of is, "Oh god, why did you do that?" Uh, <laughs> the video of that thing. Is so Nancy Kerrigan. Nancy that's who Kerrigan. It was. The, like yes. absolutely brutal. I mean, it's not funny that it happened. That happened in Michigan too. I don't know if you remember yeah, that. It but. did. It did. It was definitely the mob for sure. <laughs> For sure, they hired they hired the United States auto workers to to do that one. That's for sure. Oh god, those unions—they'll get you. you work in AR or HR, you know. AR. Oh yeah. 
Um, okay, well, that's our show. Wait, did I pick? Yeah, Florida Panthers. I didn't pick the games. So. I'm going Florida Panthers, and I'm going to say seven games. Okay, good. And so here's the thing. Tallying up the score so far through the first three rounds, I am up. I'm a plus two on you. So you got to oh, get both these right to, for us to okay. tie here. So if I get if I just pick the right winner, if it Vegas wins, it's over. And uh, yeah. Okay. Well, it's it's over for you. Well, that's uh, I'll I'll take it. I'll take it. Well, so then I can tie, right? Do we just yeah? Do we just say that the Stanley Cup Finals are um, picking the winner is uh, is weighted heavier? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, I would be okay with giving that a plus two if you pick the winner, right? Because I All mean, right. hell, it's it should count for here's, a little bit more. Here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. Just to just to yeah, we'll say that if you pick the winner and the correct amount of games, it's worth a bonus point. Okay. For the finals, or should we do amount of goals? As our tie we, let's do a tiebreaker. Yeah, a tiebreaker amount, of goals, amount tie of goals for the series. Um, I off the top of my head, seven game series average of five goals against, so somewhere around thirty five. So we're gonna <laughs> pick somewhere around there. Oh gosh, uh, I guess I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go. It's if it's going seven games, I me mean, gotta score some goals somewhere. I'm going to say 41 goals. Wow. You know what? I actually was going to say 41. So I, I have to change that now. Um, you know what? I'm going to do, I'm going to go the old price is right route and I'm going to say 42. Okay. All right. 42. Even that's, though I've got six that's games. Be... So that's, that's seven goals of games for me, technically. But I'm hoping this will be the tiebreaker if you happen to pick. Yes, Both of those yes. right. You're hoping games, you don't so. need to even worry about this. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, that is our show. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk and uh, let us know your Stanley Cup final picks. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you during the finals. We'll talk to you next week. Justin, enjoy game one and uh, I'll text you during it and we'll yeah, we'll go from there. And uh, by once, so next week's show, we'll talk Stanley Cup finals. We'll be in it, and I'm sure that there'll be some some other maybe some other hirings going on. Maybe the Pittsburgh Penguins will have hired a GM. Maybe the Calgary Flames hire a coach. Who knows? Uh, and uh, then we'll you know we'll start jumping into the draft too. So uh, stay tuned for all the all the draft, all the crazy trades. We'll we'll start doing some top ten lists here as the offseason comes in, and uh, we'll have some fun with that. So until then, enjoy the Stanley Cup Finals, and we will talk to you soon. <laughs>